thanks for choosing this podcast for the BJSM community. And I am very pleased to be with Professor Peter Bruckner today. He is a very good friend of mine and was my mentor in sports medicine, but he's not wearing that hat today. He's wearing his hat as an expert on hamstring injuries. Welcome to the podcast, Peter. My pleasure, Karen. I'm going to ask you to tell us about the classic football injury scenario where a player is sprinting, clutches his or her hamstring, and it's sudden end of story. Well, as we know, hamstrings are a really common problem in uh, in running sports and, and football in particular. They're the most common injury in most of the, the most of the sports, and the majority of them are fairly straightforward to injuries that they uh, they uh, with proper rehab and uh, they usually get back to play you know, within a sort of a reasonably short time frame. Let's say say three, four, five weeks. Um, but there's there's always been a group of hamstring injuries that don't do well that uh, take a long time to. Uh, to uh, return to play or have a high recurrence rate. And um, so they're the sort of uh, injuries that we've never really been sure why uh, why that occurs. But I think we've certainly got a better understanding now of at least a significant proportion of these hamstring injuries that don't do well are due to uh, the injury involving the intramuscular tendon. Now, the hamstring has a as we know, has has proximal tendons and distal tendons, but both those tendons actually continue on into the muscle belly, and uh, that's where the hamstring injuries or the bad hamstring injuries occur at the musculotendinous junction within the muscle, and it's it's when the injury actually involves damage to the tendon itself, and in particular a complete tear of the tendon, that's when they don't uh, don't do well, and uh, it's a sort of thing that is a little bit hard to recognise clinically. I mean, um, they tend to be more severe on, on on sort of history and examination, but it's really only with uh, with imaging and with the MRI in particular, and ultrasound, but particularly MRI, that we uh, can examine the status of this intramuscular tendon and uh, and see uh, whether it's uh, intact or in fact whether it's damaged, and if it is damaged, whether it's a partial. Or complete tear. Okay, so let's think about the person in the clinic, and you're an active clinician and got lots of experience in um, elite teams. In a regular clinic, patient comes in and MRI is not that accessible. So if we talk about a regular clinical setting, what do you recommend that people do? Well, as I said, it's very hard to to detect these injuries. So they're really the ones that seem to be taking a long time to uh, to get better, or uh, and all the ones that recur and particularly recur multiple times. We've had uh, you know athletes have had four or five hamstring injuries within a period of uh, maybe uh, you know six months, and uh, there the, that certainly makes us very suspicious that there's a an intramuscular tendon injury. So they're the ones we would be imaging those and uh, to see what sort of damage is done to the tendon. And is it more semimembranosus, semitendinosus or more biceps? The vast majority of these are biceps, long head of biceps in the uh, in the proximal uh, tendon. The intramusc- uh, intramuscular part of the proximal tendon is the most common uh, site for these tendon injuries. But we do see them occasionally in both semimembranosus and semitendinosus and uh, also in the distal uh, intramuscular tendon uh, or muscular tendinous junction of the biceps. But uh, definitely biceps, probably 80 or 90% of these uh, intramuscular tendon injuries. And do you think if a physio arranges for MRI through a physician or through um, specialist privileges, are the radiologists always skilled at um, helping with the diagnosis and the report? Well, I think it's a matter of 
of being aware of this of this injury and 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 hopefully now people are becoming uh, more aware of it. Um, we published an article in uh, in the British Journal of Sports Medicine recently uh, with some uh, with some photos and uh, trying to make people aware that this is an issue. And uh, it's certainly something that I was not aware of until until relatively uh, recently. But it does help explain a lot of uh, why some of these hamstrings don't don't do well. So Peter, at a talk I heard you do recently, you showed the images very nicely of the torn MRI, and this is in your paper in the BJSM, which is well illustrated with the MRI and with the surgical findings. So paint a picture for the listener of what they should look for on the MRI. Well, normally you see a, uh, a sort of a straight black line, really, uh, within the muscle belly itself, which is the, uh, which is the tendon. And so then if you see any uh, you know, abnormality of that uh, line, so you might see some, uh, some fluid in the, uh, in the tendon, so you see some whiteness in the, uh, in the appropriate uh, views, or if you see some irregularity of the tendon, in particular a wavy appearance of uh, of the tenor that uh, that is a red flag for uh, for us and uh, once we see that wavy line that's probably due to retraction of the torn tendon and that makes us suspicious that there may be a uh, a complete tear of the tendon which is a uh, a significant clinical entity and we'll tweet those photos when we put this uh, on Twitter as well Peter so very well illustrated in your paper in BJSM which is open access so let's talk about management well the first thing we, uh, I think, with any hamstring injury is, you know, we determine is it a hamstring injury? Is is the actual uh, pain at the back of the of the, uh, the thigh a hamstring muscle injury? If it is, then uh, if does it involve this intramuscular tendon? And if we feel it does involve the intramuscular tendon uh, from the from the MRI findings, we then have to assess whether it's a complete or partial tear, because uh, it probably makes a, a difference as to the management. Uh, a partial tear. We would uh, manage conservatively. However, it would be a significantly uh, longer rehabilitation program than your normal hamstring. So we're looking at instead of three or four weeks, we're looking at an eight or an eight to ten week uh, rehabilitation program for those uh, those partial intramuscular tendon tears. The complete uh, intramuscular tendon tear needs to to be surgically repaired. Uh, I think that's fairly clear now. We get we've had excellent results uh, from the surgical repair of these. Uh, these complete tears. And uh, nowadays with the professional players and with their, uh, their sort of high level of rehab, the average time to return to, uh, to elite sport now is nine weeks. So they're really uh, you know, no worse off having the surgery than, uh, than they would having just a conservative uh, rehab approach. So uh, uh, I would uh, you know, certainly recommend that if you recognize a uh, complete tear, that uh, surgery is, is the uh, appropriate treatment. Ideally, within two or three days of the injury. So the sooner you can uh, get onto it, the the, uh, the better. So it begs the question of whether you need to do an MRI on all hamstring injuries. And obviously, that's not practical in the, in the majority of cases. And in the majority of cases, not needed. At a highly at a professional level, yes, you can justify it, uh, and and uh, you pick up these uh, these things uh, early. Uh, at the more community level, I think it's those cases that we mentioned before who are having a, a prolonged rehab, or in particular have a number of recurrences in the same sort of a region. They then I would be very suspicious of an intramuscular tendon injury, and then it needs to be assessed with an MRI. And Peter, thanks a lot. So just to bring it to a close, clarify a couple of points. We're not talking about an avulsion of a hamstring from initial tuberosity, are we? No, no. These are not injuries to the free parts of the tendon. These are injuries to the intramuscular component of, of the tendon, usually the proximal, but sometimes they are the distal tendon. 
and just on those avulsion injuries that we haven't, it's not a focus of this podcast, but because I brought it up, what's your approach for managing those ones? Well, again, uh, I think uh, you know surgery is uh, is appropriate for uh, for those, and uh, again, the results seem to be very good at reattaching the uh, the tendon to the um, to the bone. And last point on rehab, Peter, you've worked with some of the world's best physiotherapists and some of the best strength and conditioning coaches. As a doctor, what have you learned from them about the rehab, and what would you advise our rehab listeners to our junior rehab listeners to think about from the folks you've hung out with, who are fantastic? Well, I've learned that us doctors know nothing about rehab, <laughs> but uh, compared to, uh, to to the experts, and uh, and it's a real area where we we've got a lot to learn. And uh, um, but the level of sophistication of the rehab is is terrific. But uh, with hamstrings, I think the key issues are uh, are strength, and uh, and they've got to be uh, two different types of, of rehabilitation exercises. What we call the more hip dominant exercises, and the, and and uh, secondly, the more knee dominant. So uh, things like uh, Nordic hamstring curls are uh, are excellent. They've been uh, proven to uh, to be effective. And then uh, you need uh, you know some hip dominant uh, exercise, some Romanian deadlifts or or, or something uh, arabesque or something similar. Um, so they're really important. And then the other key, I believe, in the rehabilitation of hamstring injuries is uh, is this high speed running building up uh, both volume and intensity of, uh, of running so that the, the body, the, the hamstring is accustomed to the sort of high-speed running that you get in a game. It's very hard to push yourself hard enough at training uh, compared to, uh, to what you do in a game, but that's really important. Uh, you can't you know, suddenly go a lot faster in a game and expect your hamstring to, to tolerate that, uh, that load when it hasn't uh, been exposed to it before. Fantastic, Peter. Thanks a lot. A lot of great tips there for our listeners. My pleasure. And you're listening to Peter Bruckner, who was sharing experience from the Olympic Games, the World Cup in soccer, football, and from the Premier League, among other places. Thanks for listening to this particular podcast. And you'll find links to other relevant podcasts on our homepage. And also the paper that Peter has just published in the BJSM is available in open access, talking about managing difficult hamstring injuries. Mm-hmm.